Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today we're back in the studio with my good buddy, Mr. Spencer Crandall, talking monsoon season in Vegas. We're talking about the underground homeless people that live down on this strip. That's right, man. We went way deep. We talked about shows in Colorado, festivals, him having 100 songs on Spotify. We dove into the timing and careers of like Lily Rose, Shaylin, Zach Bryan, Florida Georgia Line, and so much more. Let's dive into this one and get to know Spencer Crandall. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Pretty soon it's going to be called Toad's Country. Oh, i got to nice. change it because it's tunes just means music, right? I mean, sure. you're a musician, but... Yeah. Yes. Dude, Spencer Crandall back at Stoney's Rockin' Country in Vegas. How you doing, dude? Guess who's back. back. <laughs> I'm good, man. How you doing? Dude, keep going. I'm listening. That's you got it. it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm great, man. We uh, had a crazy early flight, so we were snoozing in the green room and now ready for a late night and ready to rock. That's funny that you say that. I was here this afternoon at like 1.30, and I saw all the bags, and mm-hmm. I walked in. I played some music. I got a couple new songs on my phone from a buddy of mine, and so we went inside the club, and we listened to them, and then I walked by the green room. It was closed. I'm like... Some people sitting out here. I said to Wyatt, "What time's loading?" He's like, "Now." And I'm like, "Well, maybe they are here, but the door's shut." I'm leaving. Yeah. So I had to go give them a uh, a ride, and then the storm hit. Yeah. What the hell? What happened? Uh, yesterday it was beautiful. Yeah. It was classic. absolutely beautiful out. And then do you guys get a ton of rain out here. We do. This is called monsoon season. So uh, um, this is normal. You get all the alerts on your phone. Um, yeah, our phones were blowing up. I was like, well, "Are we in, about to die?" <laughs> so if you go down by the link. You know where yeah, that is, that yeah, yeah. that thing. Uh, that whole parking garage is underwater. Whoa. Yeah, because they never fixed the flood channel stuff. And I don't know if you ever heard about the people that live underground here. Have you ever heard about that? No. So there's a whole, a whole environment under the city of Las Vegas of people, like thousands, tens of thousands of people that live underground. And they all live, the main entrance is down by the link. So when, if you drive around town you'll see wherever there's kind of like wash areas, all of a sudden whenever there's a storm coming, you'll see all this debris and stuff around. So they Whoa. take all their personal belongings and put them out until the storm goes over, then they put them all back in there again. It's like homeless populations? Absolutely. Tens of thousands? Tens of thousands. Drugs, anything you possibly think of goes on. Like there's, I just ran across, I just talked about this not too long ago. There's a documentary that's floating around Facebook somewhere that has to do with the underground people. Uh-huh. And this guy walked these people like to the gates and said, you go past here, it's a different set of rules. Sure. Like, you don't go down there. Like, their hierarchy is way different than... This is terrifying. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's kind of neat. So you think about, like, um, Facebook has been weird lately. Like, the stuff that, like, the movies or the, the video stuff I've gotten served lately, probably because I started watching those, there's, there's mm-hmm. stuff about um, prostitution and sure. how many prostitutes on a weekend are literally out on the streets. Oh, like, especially in a place like vegas right yeah and the pimps and everything that goes on and there's just a whole nother culture i guess that's probably the best word but when i watch this one about these people that live underground i've heard this story forever known about it sure but after i watched this thing i was like man that's crazy to think that you could just go down by the link be at the wrong place at the wrong time and end up in mexico oh my god (laughs) oh my god yeah so don't leave her alone like in town especially down there you guys where you guys staying um like right right around the corner from here Probably. Yeah. You haven't been to the hotel yet. No. That's what you're saying. I've been to the hotel and we'll be there for what, four hours till we got to get up. What time's your flight in the morning? God, it's like at five or something again. Seven. Sorry, seven, but we have to be up at five. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Is Jeff out here with you? No, Jeff's kind of off the road. Like, that's been a huge shift for us. He's kind of better served in town now. Um, 
which is a great problem to have. Beautiful. So we have David as our TM right now, and Jeff's in town, kicking it. Back in Nashville? Yeah, he's in Nashville. Because, like, you know, he loses out a lot of times on, like, Thursdays, Fridays, and sometimes even Mondays. And then that way, you know, he can, he still can be take working. his meetings, he can yeah. be working, and then it's it's just more money the more people you have out here, too, as, as you know. Like, Absolutely. If you... You know, this run, like, it just w- makes way more sense to be in a van. Last time we were here, I think we were in a bus or in a bandwagon or something, and we've done all kinds of touring this whole year. We've gone all three dimensions and just trying to save money, and then bandwagons went up crazy high, so then you get a van. Okay, now Turo's going crazy high, but bandwagon's back now, so we just keep flip-flopping. Bouncing. Right. Well, you yeah, got to do your research. You got to do your research, and we're all, like, kind of pros at this point. Like, there's obviously the level of comfortability, which is nice, but for, like, this is a two-show run, Super easy. So tonight know. is here. Where's tomorrow night? Rise Up Fest or something like that in Arizona. I don't remember the name of it, so don't come for is me. Is it but festival it's, it style? Cool. It's festival style. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, so that's easy, too. I mean, yeah. festivals are a way. Just show up and go. You guys didn't bring your own gear today. Did you use our stuff? I think so. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. You didn't even look. I love it. <laughs> I believe so. I, I believe that, that uh, you're probably one of my faves because I could literally just pick up a phone and like call Jeff and just be like, bro, I got this date you in. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Within a day, it's like, dude, done. Send it here. Easy. And yeah, well, that's the, the independent life, too. Like, we get to just, if we want to play a show, we go play a show. Right. And there's, there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons to the speed. Um, and then there's also parts where it's like, oh, yeah, it's really hard to do because it's just me and Jeff at all times. How do you get on a festival like that? Who who helps you out with that stuff? So we're with William Morris, which so is super they, helpful. That's who got you that deal? Most likely. I mean, that's like the the connection to most festivals. And, you know, we've done a, a good job of strategically playing like even stuff five years ago that were like, hey, you're going to play this horrible pancake breakfast at this thing <laughs> so that this guy will go see you and be like, oh, I like that guy. So if you blow up, you'll end up being on the main stage. And like that's panned out for us in a lot of ways. So right. that's really good. That's because you don't suck. Well, that's that's the hope. The hope is that we don't freaking suck so you know you show up and you kind of pay your dues you pay, play the pancake breakfast then you play the side stage then you play the blah 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 and then all of a sudden you know we've had a few main stage things now and that's really fun um so far this year what's what's been your favorite thing like that you look back on and go this has been a rad year because of this mm. or these things other than playing stonies other than playing stonies well we extended our western tour which was great and now that's kind of over now and and honestly just the the, like watching all of that kind of bleed over into the new year. We put out that album at the end of last year. But like I grew up going to this place in Denver, which you know is the Grizzly Rose. And so I would go there and get kicked out because, you know, I'd wash the X's off my hands and I'm dragging my friends Kids, away. Kids, don't, don't listen don't to do this. Don't do this. Do not do this. I cannot condone, especially at the beautiful place that is Stoney's. But I would go there and do the unthinkable, which is go and party with my friends when we were like freaking babies. And to go to that same place that I've been so many times as a fan, I've seen, um, God, the last person I saw before I played was David Nail and was just a fan, like just grew up listening to that guy, right? Sure. And then to be backstage and they presented me with this belt buckle and I'm the first guy from Colorado to ever sell out the Grizzly Rose of 1,800 people. And man, I just remember starting out and like I could not, get 50 friends and family to come to a restaurant and just hang and listen to me play with a buddy. Right. And then to go from like, oh my God, I sold 100 tickets in my hometown. Then just kind of keep going and keep going. It's a grind. Yeah, this last album kind of blew 
the lid off the things for us. You know, that includes Made, one of my songs that kind of did a thing. And um, so we've just gotten to watch that kind of like all. Because you don't know. You don't know when you show up somewhere like, am I, am I just like showing up and there's going to be 100 people or whatever. So that's been really incredible. I think that moment will stick with me for sure. Um, yeah. I think what about the rest of the year? What's your goal for the rest of the year? You got new music coming? Yeah, that's kind of been the goal. I mean, I have put out so... I have 100 songs on Spotify. Are you shitting me? I have 100 songs on Spotify. Yeah. Holy cow. Think about that. That's a lot of songs. Now, that's why I have what I have, because I What do you think, you're Willie Nelson? <laughs> yeah, all right, really. <laughs> but I believe in feeding the fans. Absolutely. And, um, the last two albums have been 20-plus tracks. Wow. And... To do that takes a ton of writing and a ton of production and all that stuff. And so once you put out that album, I put out a song every month last year, something like that. And then this year we did, which I love doing, we did this um, Reloaded project where we did EDM remixes, yep. piano versions, wedding versions. I did two collabs with Shaylin and Cooper. I want to go back to not last time we spoke in Utah, but the time before that, you were uh-huh. just getting ready to drop the EDM stuff. Mm-hmm. It's super fun and like... Um, Kind of like sneaky streams. Well, I think people love like country meets EDM stuff. It's it's just a kind of a it's growing. A, it's a different kind of crossover. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, totally. So they love a song that they already know, and if they want to listen to the gym or like going to a party or something. So that's been really fun. Let's and, talk about Shaylin for a sec. Yeah, don't know anything about her. Yeah, uh, I have an offer out for her right now. Cool. I listen to some of her music. Yeah. Um I'm assuming a good person. I mean, if you're spending time with she's her, she's really sweet, and yeah. she's like. Just kind of like a a cool story, I guess. She like kind of moved to L.A. I mean, she'll tell you, but she moved to L.A. because she was like, oh, like, you know, I won't fit in in country or whatever, so I got to go be a pop artist. She was out in L.A. for like 10 years wow. doing the thing and just felt like called back to like, I just feel like this is inauthentic because she's from Tennessee. She's a Tennessee girl. So then she came back to Nashville and like the first song she posted on TikTok like blew up for her. It's the one that's on like Hot Country and stuff right now. So good for her, man. She's a grinder. She's also like just really sweet and a super good singer. Just like a cool tone. I feel like there's, you know, guys and girls. Like it's you gotta find your lane. And I feel like sure. she's kind of carving out a really cool thing. So I just heard her on the internet was like, You're dope. Like I've heard, always heard this um song as a duet, but I didn't want it to be like you know, it's got to be the right fit. It's got to be the right fit. So we just were like, yeah, Shay's great. Let's go. Let's rock. That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. What is the next single that you're dropping? Do you know? Um, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mixing it right now. Uh, it would be called Before I Knew It. Okay. And um, I'll play it for you after this. I would love to hear it. Yeah. You know, classic artists. Like, it's not mixed yet. And we have Dude, it. so I'll be classic. honest with you. That's my favorite. I would rather yeah. listen to something that's not finished. I love rougher. the raw stuff. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It's my favorite. And then sometimes I will like that so much more than the overproduced. Sorry, the produced stuff. Well, no, that's <laughs> a big part of this journey for me has been like, you know, I'm kind of co-producing everything I do now because I've put out 100 songs and I know what I'm you, doing. You kind of so, know what you're doing. <laughs> so now I'm sitting in the room and people are like, yeah, just play this, play this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Pick one electric part. Because that's what your ear is going to hear. Otherwise, it's wall of freaking sound. Yeah. And if you go through my albums, I think you can hear early on, I did like an acoustic mixtape kind of thing because I didn't know how to produce music. So I was like, I need four things. Like I need like a beat, an acoustic guitar, and like vocal or whatever, right? And then I started to produce a little bit more, but it was all over the place. Like, um, but that's like, growth. Totally. 
And then I had an album called Wilderness. That was the first time I had like one producer, a thread running through it, like a sonic identity. And this last one, we really like clicked that over. This one is like, feels like seven clicks over, which is really fun where you're just like, oh shit. Like everything we work on is just like click, 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 click. It's just like moving in this direction where I feel like I'm, I'm, continuing to solidify this thing that I do that I feel like nobody else does and that's fun man especially when you love the freaking songs and you love the people you're making the songs with like at that point it's just turn and burn like as many as we can put it up on the internet let it do its thing and then you know label conversations blah 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 but where are you with all that label stuff it's so confusing it's so weird because I'll, I'll walk in a room and people will be like dude you're crushing it like you have carved a path that no other independent artist has ever carved. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it up, feels good. <laughs> yeah. It feels cool to hear that. But the reality is, like, um, I feel like I'm almost, like, being punished for getting this far. Like, With, without anybody. Yeah. Like, people are, like, mad. And then... Now people don't know what to do with us a little bit. You look at... So, I sat in here with Cody Johnson. Yeah. And listening to his story... He did the Texas thing, like super he dirt. crushed the Texas thing. Crushed it. So then he goes and he sits in these rooms and these label people say to him, we'll give you a tour bus. He's like, I got two paid for. Yeah. Next. Yeah. And they just keep throwing stuff at him. And then they're just like, what about this deal? And they're like, but the hat, you got to change the hat. And then they just tried to like mold him into something that they thought, well, I think at some point you have to sit back and just go, wait a minute, this is already working. I don't have to change shit. What can you do to help me? And I think that's right. what was neat about his deal that he wrote. My understanding is it's a partnership. It's not a, it's, you yeah. don't own me. I don't own you. This is a partnership. We're going to help each other out sort of thing. That's what I'm interested in, which Nashville's just slow to at, at the moment. It'll come. Most people don't even have the contract written up that's the partnership. you got to go and... And I, I'm not sitting here being like, and I am this crazy maverick who's gone. The, just, the reality is it, there's a few of us who have done, I mean, I have 300 million career streams. And I've never been on the radio. Jesus. I've never Let's talk done radio. anything. Let's I've talk about radio first. I want to tell yeah. you a fun story. There was an artist that came in here. Her name is Cassie Ashton. I don't know if you know her. Uh, I know of Cassie Ashton. So she has this song, uh, Dates and Pickup Trucks. Yeah. She had a song previous to that um, called I Don't Go Back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say that there's another single that they push to radio. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, you're telling me that this single, everyone, you go to their shows, um, everyone's singing it. Well, her radio rep was sitting right here. And I went, well, I don't understand why they don't release that. Like, I literally called her out, gave her an opportunity to be like, because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty hilarious. Like, I enjoyed every bit of it. But that's what's so crazy about streaming. Um, um, to the, the TikToks, anything with the internet is yeah. they're telling you what they want to hear. So when you go to a show and these people that the single's not on the radio and everybody's singing it, where the fuck do you think they heard it from? Absolutely. So why wouldn't you take what people already are telling you they want to listen to and already mm-hmm. know and putting fire on that and making it to the next level? Because everyone is so scared. Nobody has the guts to go. I like this. I want to work on this. They have to wait till all of their peers kind of hop on board, and it feels like this big conglomerate. Everyone goes like, okay, ready? One, two, three. We want to work with you. Yeah. And it's kind of horseshit. But the reality is, like, 
I don't have a vendetta against the music industry. I actually work with a lot of great partners, like even my PR team and my. I have a publishing deal now, and that's been awesome. They have right. been crushing for me. Well, you have a good booking deal too. You were I have the, a great a booking agent yeah. uh, with William Morris and Austin over there, and like my manager rocks. Like I, I'm not sitting here being like the industry doesn't work. It works every day. I just have done something different. I was just talking about this today with Yona, my guitar player, because he's like, do you feel like you missed out on an opportunity opportunity with my person to go to radio? I was like, of course. But here's what happened. I put out a song in 2019. The world shut down. I figured out a way to market that song. Now has whatever, 53 million streams on Spotify. Chump. Never gone on radio. Never on Hot Country. Right. No playlist, right? Nope. But at the time, people were making fun of me and going like, the internet thing's not going to work, dude. Like, you're kind of like, it's like cringy. And the same people are asking me to lunch now, going like, dude, teach me how to do this fucking thing. So it's a weird world to live in because one minute you're the like brunt of the joke, the next minute you're a champion. You're like this guy that people ask their clients to go to lunch with so you can give them this whole and learn, learn church yeah. TED talk about, yeah, like... Okay, this is what you got to do. The reality is, I'm not any of those things. I just love doing music. And I you did it organically. People, yeah, I found, some, I found some people who love the music that I make, which is fucking awesome. Now I'm at a point where um, I know that to grow, I, I'm going to need bigger impact on these moments. But I'm going to just keep creating moments. And eventually, someone will have the guts to go like, yeah, it's different. Let's do it. But it's working. Yeah. And let's go make some magic and... I think that's so out of my control. So then I just go back to what's in my control, which is make great music, put it out at high speeds, get more people to come to shows, rinse and repeat over well, and over. It's and neat. Over. You're making a living doing what you love. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. I it's, just bought a house with music. Once you do, you do that, that, right? I moved to Nashville as a broke-ass college kid. Not broke, like my parents were helping me. At the time, I had a deal, with, which was, if you're in college, we'll help you pay for your living expenses. Because <laughs> they wanted us to go to college. Right. So I had a year left of college, and I convinced my parents, like, I actually found a cheaper place in Nashville. So, like, uh, if I move to Nashville and I finish school online, will you help me this first year? And I remember by the end of that year, I had made enough money on streaming to, like, pay for my rent by myself. And I, like, saw the statement of whatever it was, like, freaking um, 1 RPM at the time, and was like, this is crazy. And now to take that and to forecast it out to where we are now, we're like, yeah, I can go, I can pay for a bus, I can pay for a house, I can do these things where it's like, that is so crazy. That's the 1% of 1% of 1% of people that ever try to do music. Absolutely. So I'm so grateful and, and lucky and blessed that I found this thing that is the internet at the right time and, and the people and the songs, and all the things came together. At the same time, like let's just put a beautiful bow on that and say just thank you. I also have this like insatiable desire to do more and I, I know that that's like I know my potential and that's why I get so frustrated because I'm like I know, I know for a fact that I can fill any room I just need help I just need a, a morsel of help because I've gotten this far pretty much with the world on my back you know I love I love I don't I don't know if you you, you know this um, Spencer's girlfriend is sitting in here yeah Rachel's here hey y'all um <laughs> He opened for Lauren Elena. I don't know if he told you this story. And I literally walked up to Jeff and said, I want to book the show right now. Like, let's find a date and do this right now. Because 
there's been two artists that have come through here, maybe more than that, but two that really stood out. Uh, Ryan Griffin. Ryan's great. And you, that have opened. Ryan opened for Carly Pierce. And it's wild. smoked that show. <laughs> smoked it. And you did, I mean, I like Lauren. She's cool. But yeah, Lauren's great. As you get to know me, I'm a guy that I I root for the underdog. I'm all about that new music, and that's kind of what I love. Um, That's my thing. And I think that's the fun of it for me is being able to do this. Um, Lily Rose told me the story that she was working at um, a golf course, and uh, her song Villain went viral. Mm-hmm. And all the people that she was serving at the golf course <laughs> were taking her to lunch, and they all said the same thing to her. A lot of them said the same thing to her was, "Was I nice to you?" Now that's fucking sad to me because you just sad. never know. At the end of the day, you never ever know. That's why I always oh. say, "Kill him with kindness." Dude, Lily's a great example. Like I remember being in a right with her forever ago, forever ago, and being like, um, <laughs> our, "Yeah, our phones are going off <laughs> for the flood." <laughs> for those, yeah, emergency room, national, yeah. But I was in the um, writing room with Lily, and I was like, she's awesome. And then all of a sudden, I see her on my For You page, and this thing has like 1.8 million likes or whatever. At the time when we wrote, like, I didn't know her, and she was just someone who had zero songs out, right? right. Like, it's so, one song, one video now can change everything, which is beautiful because, like, if it's you're also me, scary at the same time. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying yeah. because you also it feels like you had to play the lottery a little bit, even if in your head you're like, "This is a five out of five, ten out of ten song." You need the right video at the right time. Ooh, you were wearing the wrong color hat, so the font didn't pop. So now the video didn't work. Like the 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 um, house of cards is so big now, and any one of those getting pulled is like the whole thing comes down and then you have just crazy shit like Zach Bryan where it's just like he was the right guy at the right time with the right pendulum swing of the right kind of sonic identity I have people almost every day ask me what I think of Zach Bryan I'm like it's cool I don't get it I don't get why it blew up the way it did I get why I get why it blew up the lyrics that's all I ever hear is the lyrics it's because I feel like we have to like almost go back in history and go like okay um, there was a time where a guy named Luke Bryan came around and he created this like party culture in country. It was kind of a thing. Fair. But for the first time, people could go to a show and like party. Have a good time. So yeah. then that begets FGL. And FGL has like hip hop, which at the time is so different and so crazy. So that begets like the Sam Hunts and the Thomas Rhetts. And that opens up the door for like boyfriend country and all these things. And all of a sudden, country music, which by the way, I'm a guy who lives in an offshoot, so let's start there. But it has so many offshoots that people are like, but what about the the main thing? Like, I listened to this thing with my grandpa in the car, and that's why I got into it. So the pendulum swung so far to the right that there was a huge hole in the market. Avoid. And everyone was going, please, not that we don't like this stuff. Like, I think everyone agrees Cruise is, like, just fun as fuck. Sure. But they wanted this thing that is like, <laughs> give me a, a rambling guy on a guitar. Right. Just kind of outlaw style. He doesn't track to a click. Like his thing is, I don't care yeah. in a cool way. I make polar opposite music of Zach Bryan. Do I sit down in the room and go like, "Oh yeah, I, I would write that same song"? I don't, but I actually really love it and appreciate it because I love the the full breadth of country music. I love that you can have Sam Hunt going like, "Yo, what's up, girl? I was gonna see you." At one moment, yeah. and then you have Zach Bryan holding it down. Then you have the Parker McCollum's and the Hardys and the Morgans. It's such a big genre now. 
Some people hate it. I think it's cool, and I think it just only brings more people to the well, table. It opens the door. You go back to Dan and Shay when they crossed over to pop two and a half, three years later. Yeah. And I have people that don't listen to the country going, dude, you heard this song? And I went, yeah, four years yeah, ago. Yeah, tequila? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they have a yeah. song with Justin Bieber, which, like, think about that. He's yeah. the biggest pop star in the world. Right. And they, he did a song with a country act, and they can go to any arena around the world and go, I got dead. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. And at the same time, like people love Garth Brooks and they love '90s country, so we all kind of want to keep finding where this pendulum's going to land. It's, it's not it, going, it's going to. to. Yeah. It'll and keep guess going. what? All of a sudden, there's going to be some Drake of country. There's going to be some next I am, thing. I am so lost on 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 the Zach Bryan anomaly of selling out T-Mobile. I'm just lost. Because I don't, I mean, I get it, but I just don't get it. If that, and they, they go there, and every twenty thousand people are singing every word to every yeah. song, and I'm like, dude, there, there's a huge way that should tell people a lot of stuff about things. Because you've got Tyler Childers, that's I think is in the same vein, absolutely. Um, but I don't think he would sell twenty thousand tickets. Like I just, it, is the he, exact thing happens so fast, yeah. And it, I think the reason that you don't get it is like why people want to get it. They want to feel like they're a part of a thing that's outside of a thing. And, like, You're the funny part me. is... I love it. I love it. Well, the funny part is FGL was that way at a time, right? Hold on. I just wanted to say this before you said FGL. I always joke about Nickelback, but I think FGL is the Nickelback of country music. Well, yeah, Joey Moy, right? <laughs> we know. We, the same producer. Look at this photo. Uh, what the hell is on Joey's head? That line in a photograph? That's yeah. Joey Moy. That's the producer who produces all I the say that loud be, stuff. I always have this whole joke of, like, when I first started dating Heather, uh, she was like, I love Nickelback. I'm like, baby, you can't tell people that in front of me. You can't do that. She's like, why? Go, it's just a thing. Just trust me on it. Sure. That's what, like, FGL, like, if Cruz comes on, Everybody goes nuts with it. Absolutely. There's but not, nobody can like admit it in public, which no, is funny, that's, right? That's why I call him the nickelback right. of, of but that, the country. That is nickelback. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But nickelback <laughs> was at one point an offshoot or like a underground thing. Then an underground thing gets so big that we want to tear it down. Yeah. Tom Brady, he's the guy who wasn't the first round draft pick, so everyone roots for him. And you're like, wait, okay, now he's winning too much. Wait, okay, now my like grandma and my mom are like, I like that Tom Brady. Yeah, he's a it's handsome the same fella. thing. Once your mom gets on Facebook, <laughs> everyone gets off Facebook. Once your mom started going, baby, you a song, you didn't want to do it anymore. Right. Zach Bryan right now is the thing that is like, people are like, you don't know. Trust me, you don't know. And Gen Z needed like a thing. It's fair. Country music had swung so far to the like offshoot place that he was like, "Well, I'm just gonna do the real fucking thing." And I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna hold it down to be me, and it became this outlaw thing. Did you know of him before? I've known of him for a long time. I saw the first viral YouTube video of him when he was sweating his ass off going south or whatever on YouTube, and his manager actually reached out to me, and we had talked about a deal for a second. I think it was like cap via capital and whatever, um, and. Their team is really interesting. It's a lot more social driven than a lot of people realize. They do a lot of like paid social where like they get these videos that go viral and then they'll just boost the hell out of them. And they're super smart people. Um, and then obviously he got kind of upsold to Warner and now he's the cash cow over there. Right. Like you think? He, yeah, he's he's with a major. For a while it was kind of like the underground thing, but now it's like, well, yeah, he's gonna have a billboard number one this week because the amount of just marquee ads they can run on a guy like Zach, yeah. eventually, 
the return is so great, you can't spend enough money to get it back. Right. Like, do we have $20 million? Cool. Then put it on the internet. Put it into Spotify because you're going to get $80 million back. Right. And once those numbers check out, that's when the, the, the you majors can't, have You the can't money. lose. I'm just, I like sit back. I'm like, there's a couple songs I dig, and I know you just dropped this new album, and I'm just like, man, I can't listen to the whole thing. Just at sure. one time, I'll fall asleep myself. I just, I appreciate all kinds of country. Like, I listen to everything. I would just, that one's just, it blows me away because I know that sometimes shit happens overnight. Like the Bailey Zimmermans of the world. They just. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Out, of, out of nowhere. And then, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. You know, I mean, I get it. I don't want to say that. I, sure. I get it. But there's certain things where I sit back and there's other artists out there that, that I have seen that have played at Stoney's, such as yourself, that have an opportunity. Thanks, like, man. you just need fuel to your fire in that sense Absolutely. to go to, because it's not like there's anything bad you do. I mean, yeah. I think I have a pretty good head on my shoulders when it comes to listening to new music and finding new artists. I enjoy that. But then when I just sit back and I'm like, man, like, I don't know. I mean, there's just so many. Th- I look at Jelly Roll, like his shit's neat, but he just appeals to so many people. Cause well, there's, he's the underdog. Well, yeah. Zach, Bailey, Jelly, Morgan, Meg Maroney. I'm just trying to think of anyone that's blown up in the last couple of years. It's bigger than their music. Yeah. By being a Jelly fan, you go, I am an outsider, and people uh, counted me out, right? Yeah. And now I get to like vicariously live through this guy who you look gets at, a second chance. He does get a second chance. I mean, he definitely went through hell. Like, Yeah, dude's been in prison. Yeah. Like, not like little boy prison, like big boy prison. Yeah, He's got face tattoos. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not like, he's not, like, some people talk about outlaw stuff. Yeah, he's not outlaw. <laughs> but he's been in prison and yeah. that's like the difference right and p- that is the the kind of story that i think a lot of us go like okay if he can do it Anyone maybe can. i can do it i think that that it, it might appeal a little bit different to so many more people because like you said back he played down on fremont street not too long ago free show and twenty thousand people showed up it's unreal holy, holy shit balls like and the, like tonight i mean even if you weren't playing tonight, I probably wouldn't go because I his we had him up at our our, our venue in Idaho. It's just a different fan base for mm-hmm. me. I'm not saying I'm. I don't want to go sit in a crowd with those with those. I don't drink. I'm just in the wrong place at the wrong time if sure, I'm there. Right. That sort of thing. I mean, there those people. Crowd. Are, yeah, just a rowdy crowd, which is kind of neat. I mean, you think about the mainstream of people that listen or just that are in our world today. There's there's. That's why I think he appeals to so many people because everyone has struggles in life, and whether oh, yeah. they went to prison or not, they can look at him and go, "Holy shit! Like he's been through hell. This is what I've been through. I can get to where he is. No problem. Absolutely. Not necessarily just in music, but just in life in general." Oh, just- dude! I mean, Jelly—he's the perfect example of the underdog story. He also, like, on paper, was not—I don't know why I said on paper—he was a rapper. Yeah. Like he he did a completely different thing, so he's mixing all these kinds of genres, and that's going to keep happening. Anybody who's like Morgan Wallen is real country, sure, it's a it's a dobro or like a ganjo, whatever that like last night lick is, and like a hip hop beat. Yeah, it's dope. I love it, but like we have to keep redefining country because country is what we make it. I'm cool with that. I think that's awesome. Well, it gives you an opportunity because if if country was done. Yeah. You'd have nothing else to write about. Well, country's weird because it's like the only genre that people want to evolve but simultaneously hate when it evolves. Like, think of rock. Huh. If people were like, this isn't like the Beatles, you'd be like, yeah. no shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Billie Eilish right. is rock. Yeah. And like, 
Jelly's Rock and Hardy's Rock. Like, rock has to keep moving and changing, and then it Frankenstein's six pieces together, and it's like, oh, that's like kind of a version of rock. And we all want, you know, you're, you listen to music with your parents, and then you love it, but then you kind of want something different than your parents. But then you're also like, well, it's not the same as what I listen to with my parents. So there's this weird, like, double standard of, like, where is the line? I think it differently. I think it, the, the music with your parents, I'm older. I look at stuff with the music of my parents. I can still listen to it today. Mm-hmm. And it lasts a long time. Sure. I think music was written different back then. And I used to say this about two years ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that, that I always would call the country number one and entitled number one. It wasn't based on the artist. It wasn't based on the song. It was based on... Who has a million dollars. Whoever has a million bucks to, to put it in the place that needs to go. But you look at other stuff like that, and like how many of those number ones would you still listen to today? Dude, I think about that all the time. Like I, That's why I, I don't sweat it to go full circle. Like Something like my person, it's not a number one on radio. I know for a fact, I can tell you seven to 18 people who I'm like, what the fuck are they doing right now? Yeah. They have number ones. Yeah. They they <laughs> yeah, are not. On. Seven to 18. <laughs> As I was thinking, I, like I was like, <laughs> yeah, actually a lot more. And that's that's not even to throw shade. That's also not to be like, and I'm a god. Yeah. It's just a real difference that I see in my life where it's like, this was a, a moment that was organic. Yeah. And that is lifelong fans, people who will drive eight hours. Versus a passive radio listener that's like, I had to listen to this for 52 weeks, so I guess I'll go to the show. <laughs> Seven and times I a day. I love it, so I'm not going to come back. <laughs> Seven times a day. Correct, <laughs> at least. And yeah. that that is the difference. And now the hope is, and this is kind of happening, like even, you know, get it or not, the Zach stuff is what's going to start to happen where the internet and the market is now so big, it will dictate what goes up and down. And there will still be a few things you're like, how the hell is that? But I think it will be harder and harder to do that. Absolutely. I mean, you go back to when we had tapes and we went to CDs. I was the guy that said, ain't no way. Ain't no way. And then CDs went to MP3s. I'm like, come on, Bro, man. give me my CDs back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, you know. Uh, we're broken up. Give me my book right. back. Yeah. 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 I think the funny part is your parents, when they're listening to, or your grandparents, when they're listening to the songs that you were listening to with your parents, stay with me. We're like, they don't write music like they did anymore. Yeah. And that's what's going to keep happening forever. That's what I our, see. Our kids will be like, I mean, give me like something that's timeless, like Morgan Wallen or Luke Combs. And in the moment right now, you're going like, get the fuck out. I don't know. I don't know if it is. Yeah. Like, it has to stand the test of time. But I think it will. I think Morgan Wallen is actually the biggest country artist that has ever existed. Yeah. And probably will. It's pretty nuts, right? He's bigger. If anybody tells you Garth Brooks or Shania Twain is bigger, like, they sold more records in a time that you could sell records. But it's apples and oranges numbers-wise. Like, momentum and just, like, what he's done crossing over to pop. When it's all said and done, I, I believe he will, he'll be the biggest guy Dude, look at SoFi Stadium. The dude sold that out two nights in a row. Yeah, it's unreal. Fucking place is huge. Garth, had, Garth is definitely the only guy. Well, I guess Garth and Shania both. I mean, they both had that, like, astronomical meteoric rise, but... I still think it's different because this is like a different world where it happened a lot faster. It happened so fast. And it also, yeah, there's just something about that crossover. Like they did it, but they, well, Shania is actually a good example. I, I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to see at the end of the day when, when Shania is 68 and Morgan's in his forties, what does that kind of look like? You right. know, did it make you want to shave your head when he shaved his? 
Well, I'm balding, so it That's helps not what I me. Asked you. It helps me a lot. <laughs> I already want to shave my head because I'm like I barely have any hair, and I I'm kind of almost like sick of wearing hats. I just but she won't let me. I love wearing hats. My girlfriend in the corner. I have a full head of hair, and I just got it cut today. And I, I like it, but I just want another option. Like I, I, I got a receding hairline, so I'm I'm out here. The second I do this, I look like I work at you know insert corporate job. You can never shave your head. <laughs> That's fine. Do it. I'm gonna go Morgan Wallen on your ass oh and just show. Just show up, up one show. day. I just yeah. Come home one day. Well, just don't just don't show up with like a kid too. Yeah, that'd be. <laughs> <laughs> if you do that, I'm coming home with another dog. Yeah, dude, we were, we were on tour with Morgan in whatever 2016, forever ago, and it's been crazy to watch his whole thing. Like, he played here in 2017 and in 2018. Did he open? No, headliner 2017, 2018. He came with Jordan Davis, and Jordan Davis had a number one, but his Morgan's camp dictated. Morgan playing second, but Jordan had the number. It was the weirdest night ever. Whoa. Like, Jordan's not, I don't think Jordan has any ego. He just pulled me aside and said, hey, man, can I ask you a question? I go, sure. He goes, why am I playing first if I have the number one? He goes, I'm not, like, mad at it or anything. I'm just curious. I'm like, bro, they dictated the whole thing. Yeah. Like, we just sat back, and Jordan's been here a couple times, too. Like, he's he's a neat dude, and uh, I don't, actually, Morgan played here three times. He came back uh, in ACM year um, when Hardy was on stage. Mm. That poster on the back wall with yeah. Hardy and uh, John Langston. Yeah. Uh, Morgan got up, and so did um, Cole Swindell. Oh, fun. Yeah. That's super fun. Yeah. It was kind of a... That's why I miss the ACMs coming here, because it was such a neat thing that the amount yeah. of people that would just... Like, my girl, uh, we first started dating. I grabbed her, and I said, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to walk back here, hold these. We, we don't sell beer in cans here, uh, other than... Um, Nevada-born one, uh, a brewery at Arena we just started carrying. But back then, we knew that Thomas Rhett comes every year, and he likes to drink um, um, Coors Banquets. Hmm. So we used to always keep Coors Banquets. Well, he wanted aspirin in Coors Banquets, so I didn't say anything to Heather. And I said, hey, man, I just need to carry these and walk through here. She walked through the, the back doors that we just went through back where the water was by yeah. the, the second green room, and there's Thomas Rhett, and she about shit her pants. <laughs> And I was like, "This is this is ACMs." Yeah, it's like cool. like it was just the the amount of people that would come here. It you think it'll come back? Man, you know, I think Vegas just has this draw about it. I mean, you look at NFR; it left one year, now it's back again. Yeah. And you just sit back and like, I watched the ACMs this year. I think they did them in Texas. And yeah, I was I, was that Austin? I think so. It's just weird because I just. I don't know. ACM is a West Coast thing, always has been. And, yeah. you know, they did it at Allegiant during COVID, and that was kind of a joke. That one and was like, brutal. I don't even know why they would do that. I mean, they weren't letting people in if they weren't vaccinated. They weren't letting people in. They had to wear their masks. And sure. then that place is fucking huge. And you're just like, every yeah. camera angle was like, this place is dead. And yeah. like, 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 I just like looked at everything and I just went, man, this is a world, I mean, a weird time that we live in. Um, I would want them to come back because I think that. There, Vegas just has this draw. There's something about the entertainment capital of the world. You know, yeah. I always like to say this story that um, was it Haley Witters played here, and she went against um, um, Taylor Swift was playing that weekend. I think Luke Bryan was here, and one other thing, and there was 1,100 people in this room. And I told her right before she went back on on her encore, I said, you have to realize these people are here to see you and see live music and see new live music because they had a choice. And she got up on the stage and she pretty much repeated what I said. And I was yeah, like, you stole cool. that shit. <laughs> but I mean, it's the truth. The yeah. end of the day is like Vegas just like you could not play tonight and you can get yourself in trouble because there's so much stuff to do. Not yeah. in a bad way, but right. like you could go see 10 shows tonight. 
You know, oh, wow. eat great food, go out just like bars, nightclubs. I mean, everything is here. So, man, I hope the ACMs come back because I just think it would be a neat thing. You know, Me because too. it's just it's just Vegas is a different breed. It's a different animal, and yeah, I we, think the Nashville people like going to Vegas too. I think that's why it will come. Yeah. back. Because everyone's like, wait, we don't get our yearly trip to Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about wanting to come back just to eat food and yeah. go to shows. Yeah, and that's right. it. Like, be old people, go to bed at 9. We'd be so happy with that. <laughs> that's my way. I'm sober. And so hold I, on. I'm like a... When you guys do that, please call. Me and Heather will go with you yes. because uh, I'm in bed hella early. I don't drink. Yeah. Um, like my, we're in. Yeah, I'm totally in. Like, Heather's good for two or three White Claws a night. And that's... <gasps> and, and That's that's Rachel. That's my yeah. level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so hilarious. we laugh like uh, I've had some artists, friends that come to town with their wives and all that kind of stuff. And we'll go grab dinner with them and just be different and play tourist because it's it's nice. Sure. You know, I mean, that's kind of um, I'm trying to think who uh, uh, Drew Baldridge came to town and uh, we all went to dinner at some place. He was like, I just want to thank you for everything you've ever done for us. And they, they t- took me to dinner. I'm like, you don't you're not buying me dinner. He's like, I'm buying you dinner. I'm like, you're <laughs> a dick. But OK, I'll eat it. <laughs> but it was like we don't Heather and I really don't do that because we live here. Yeah. So it's like a different it's like, like when people are in Nashville. I'm not going go, to Broadway. Go to Broadway, and you're like, ah, it was kind of fun once a year. Yeah. And then, I, yeah. I love telling the story. Chris Bandy came to town with his girl, and uh, he was like, dude, come pick us up, and let's go down to Fremont Street. I said, brother, I would never, ever call you and be like, bro, I'm in town. Come pick Ooh, me up and take good. me to Broadway. Never. I do have a fun question for you. I th- did that to him. <laughs> that's different. That's different. Um, did you hear about Whiskey Jam? Yeah. So Fascinating. I was reading the comments, and I'm like, I will tell you that the comments that I read, I believe they're right. I think you can't take you can't take whiskey jam out of what it was. You uh-huh. just can't do it. Uh-huh. Like like the growth of this thing, it's going to be totally different because the people I believe that went to winners and losers, they went there for it's a dive bar. Like it's that yeah. it's there's there's something about that whole thing. I read about it this morning. Yesterday was it this morning? It came out. So it's going to Dirks. It's going to Dirks. Yeah, and I just sit back and I'm like, what the fuck? That's a totally different environment. That's like taking Stoney's and moving it to <laughs> the Golden Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, it really. You go from a local feel to where like these, the people that you're going to interact with tonight. You already know they're locals. These people are here. Do I think it's neat? To do something on Fremont Street, yeah, I guess. At the end of the day, is you have to sell yourself to them completely. Here, you can be a little bit more um, intimate with them. Yeah. And you, I look at, I look at the idea of Whiskey Jam moving. I mean, Ward definitely has his reasons. Sure. Behind it, but um, I hope it's still successful. But I think you're going to get a different audience. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm just curious. I, I don't. I read all that stuff, and I didn't have some like. Um just wild opinion. I, I guess I just read it and was kind of sad because it's like the end of an era, honestly. That's, it, that's, that's how I felt. Probably probably the best way to put it because my favorite question when artists would come in for the first time, like, have you played Whiskey Jam before? Like, where are you in your career? Because that that's right. part of it. Dude, it's literally part everyone of it. who ended up being anybody played with I mean, there'll be like a documentary on Whiskey Jam. It'll yeah. be like a Netflix doc eventually. Sure. I, they said they've played like 875 shows. And I, I was read like, that, dang, yeah. I've played like Ten of those, you know, like what a weird thing to be a part of, and it's like, yeah, like guys like Morgan, and I've seen Morgan at Whiskey Jam. I was like at a video shoot, one of his first video shoots for like the way I talk or something was at Whiskey Jam. So it's weird. It's the end of an era. I think, I think there's still a way for it to work. I think downtown's just harder to get to. No parking. Yeah, no parking. So where's the hot dog stand gonna go? So I wonder if it becomes a tourist (laughs) thing or if it becomes. 
You know, do they lose some locals? Like, I'm asking questions. I, I don't have any answers. I, I actually talked to Ward a year or so ago before they put it on the road, and we we're trying to figure out how we could get them to do what they do and it, for it to work on a couple different levels. Because in Vegas, they don't care about the writer. They don't give a shit. No. They want to know about the guy that, that is singing the song that they've yeah. heard about, that they saw on the internet, period, or listened to on radio. And we had talked about doing a deal with Michael Harris down at Moonshine and seeing if we could, like, route this thing. And I'm like, dude, it's just too expensive. The neat thing about that is that everybody lives there. Mm-hmm. The artists, you get them on a, it's a Monday night. Who the right. hell wouldn't show up? They're not on the road. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're getting home. So that's why I think that that was what was so neat about it. I mean, that was p- part of it. I don't, I hope it's still successful. I just see it just being, I see the people that are real fans of music having a hard time to access it because it's going to be covered with tourists. That's, that's what my gut is, but that's not what my hope is. My hope is it keeps soaring because, like, it is a Absolutely. national institution. And it, is. I, it is. I think at this point it'd be really sad if that kind of went away. It sounds more like some sort of beef between losers and Ward, which I don't know what's going on, but that seems to be everyone I talk to is like. It's crazy. There's something going on there. Um, yeah, like, no more parking lot shows. Like, you know what's the what's the plans? And so. that I've been to a couple of those. And oh, it's, they're like legendary. Yeah. It is. I laugh. I mean, I, I I'm I'm blessed to be where I'm at in my career per se. That I've mm-hmm. never had to stand in that fucking line out front because Jesus <laughs> you get to go to the pit. Yeah, yeah, like Jesus Christ, dude. There ain't no way, dude. Yeah, there's oh, dude, eight hundred people standing in line trying to get in. And I'm like, also like a a spoiled brat, and I get my little wristband. I walk in the back, but like people wait four hours to see a Meg Maroney or somebody who's blown up like yeah because that's where you get to see him at Whiskey Jam yeah, yeah. Oh, outdoors wow. outdoors I've outdoors. never gotten to go I know never step been to up one. I know well <laughs> alright fine add it to the list add is it too late list. is that what I'm hearing no, no, no. Uh, well okay. the parking lot I mean parking lot maybe I mean it sounds like they're not doing that anymore so but we'll see I, I hold hope and I think if anybody could make it a success it's Ward because I God, he's a just a good dude. Yeah, he's a neat dude. Really good. Yeah. Really good I remember the conversation I had with him and his partner. We had a Zoom call, and I was right across the street from the airport at a buddy's shop, and the call came through, and I'm like on my phone. I'm like, shit, I just need to park and kind of like take this call. And it was like really neat to have like – because he does – everyone says that if I moved to Nashville, I would become just like him because mm-hmm. of the passion for new music that we have. Right. There is no other ward. There is no other toad for that matter, but <laughs> I'll stay West Coast. But I guess, I guess my point is is just being able to open door for open doors for new artists. And I yeah. think what, what he does there is I watch it Monday night re- religiously. I pop on, on my Instagram. Do you really? Oh, absolutely. Dude, it's research for me. Yeah. Like, if there's artists on there that – I mean, there's so many players that come through here that I, right. I, I get to meet. And then when I see them post, and, hey, we're playing with so-and-so, it just opens another eye for me to go see a newer artist. And totally. It's, it, it works for me. Totally. I think it's neat. I mean, I'm I'm an avid consumer of new music. That's what I enjoy more than anything. Well, that's why I love you, buddy, because you help open doors. I mean, the fact that you saw me with Lauren Elena and asked us to play, like, that was a big thing even for my agent. Like, those are little pieces of hope where people absolutely. Whoa, okay. You stood out. You stood out. And all of a sudden, like, you know, we did that at um, Eight Second Saloon. We did that at um, Grizzly Rose, and then my agent can go, okay, I think it's time to move up to these bigger rooms and go play these things. So it's helpful. It's more helpful than you even know. I, I mean, you yeah. know, but I don't do it for, I don't do it for any other, any other reason that I just like to, I like to watch the journey. And like, I tell this story about Russell Dickerson. He's played here seven times. The seven? La- seven. Is he the most? Um, of like a guy who like is a household name. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Morgan's played here twice, three times. If you call Stefan, yeah, I would, I would, I'd have to say for someone like Ashley McBride's only played here once. Brett Young's played here once. Mm. Uh, Granger Smith three times. Um, That's a big one. Yeah, Granger was fun. He was neat. He played here, and then the following year they gave him a show at a casino. And he was mm. like, I don't want to play there. I want to play in a honky-tonk. So they called us, and we're like, dude, we can't pay you what you're making there. So he was sure. like, just pay me the same thing you paid me last time. We're like, done. Yeah, <laughs> easy. Yeah, and it worked. <laughs> like, he sold out all of his shows here, too. He's an interesting dude. I like him. I'm, I'm curious to see where his journey goes now, too. Like, I tried yeah. to get him for one more, but they couldn't get an anchor date West Coast for us around. So He's done. I don't, he's man, snapping out. Here's, here's what I think is going to happen. This is my input. I think he's going to come back as a Christian touring artist is what I think he'll do. Sure. That's a good guess. That That's what I guess. think he's going to do. I don't. I think that you watch him on the road, and his passion is just—it's pretty neat, man. Yeah, it's he's pretty passionate neat. guy. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, to take what he's him and his family have been through, and to like turn <laughs> that into anything is. Beautiful. I don't wish that on anybody. No, Night- that's the nightmare of all nightmares. So, yeah, yeah I, I just root for the guy. Yeah, I, I root for everybody. For as long as you're not a dick. If you're a dick, I don't root for you no more. Deal. There's been a couple of those that have come through here. That <laughs> sign downstairs next to like the you have to describe the that. Hole. Oh, don't be a dick. <laughs> we only have one room. So ironically enough, that hole in the wall. So that sign wasn't there before. Yeah. Uh, an artist got off stage and his drummer found out his girlfriend was cheating on him. So he got pissed and punched the wall. The singer of that band gave us a hundred bucks to fix the wall. All that did was say, Hey, this is where this sign needs to go. Like, <laughs> don't be this guy. And if you really look at the arrow, yeah. it's a penis. There's oh, a little there's there's a little urethra. Is that what they call that? Your little pee <laughs> yeah. hole. Right yeah. at the bottom. Like when you look at it again, you're like, ah, don't all be right. a dick. There yeah, you go. That's Stoney's. We only have one rule. Don't be a dick. I think it's all encompassing. Literally. Yeah, it, it is. is. So I'm going to have to look for that now. Yeah, so but that happened in 2019. Well, this artist just came back and played earlier this year and said, Toad, why didn't you fix a hole in the wall? And I went, ta-da. Like, why <laughs> would I? I never will. If this place closes and we move it, I'm cutting that out and it's going with us to the yeah, next awesome. room because it means so much. But the irony of that whole punch in the wall, a couple months later, a band came through. I told them the story, just like I told you guys. And they said, by any chance, was it this band? And I said, it was. And the guys... The artist manager was like, remember that one night, that girl? No way. And I was like, too soon, dude. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. My first thought when we came in here was that every part of this building has so much character. And that's why we love it. I was like calling my friends downstairs. And I was like, this place is so cool. I wish you could be here. Yeah, it's unlike anything it's, else. I mean, yeah. it's hard to. Every detail is amazing. Even like the freaking cage dancing. like All, all the crazy stuff that you, you don't get that anywhere else. It's, it's yeah. very. It's Vegas. Vegas meets country. Are yeah. those girls going to be here tonight? They will. Oh my God, fun. So, okay. so what happens is when he goes on stage, uh, depending on the crowd, if there's room to dance, they'll dance on the floor and they start the dancing to get everyone going to every song that get, gets played. If the room is full, they go right into the go-go boxes. But the minute the bands are done, they go right into the go-go boxes anyway. So it's really neat. So if you'll watch, I'm assuming you'll watch from the side of the stage, walk around, whatever. But the neatest view from the side of the stage, I tell every artist one of their first times here is about the third song in, take a deep breath and just look around because there's someone riding the bull. You might catch some of the bartenders on the bars dancing, the go-go girls, the people line dancing. Like, there's just so much to consume. It's like, crazy. It's just a neat feeling. It really is. This room, there, there's something about this room. It sounds good. The lighting's lighting. I don't know if, I'm assuming, yeah, you guys flew in. Our lighting rig is different now. Like, oh, Wyatt cool. has changed all kinds of Wyatt shit. Rocks, man. Wyatt is the fucking man, dude. The stuff He'll come to me and be like, we have this artist. It's oh, raining again. It's raining. We have this artist that plays here, and... Um, uh, he's got a keyboard play us, pl- player that's that's of color, and he used to be in the corner, and you would only see him if he smiled. 
And I'm like, bro, uh, we can't have this anymore. So Wyatt went out and he found these lights on Amazon for like 20 bucks a piece, and it washes the whole stage. So I called my buddy Steve, and I'm like, dude, we can see JL now. <laughs> 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 kind of like totally funny, but yeah, little things like that. Wyatt just, just make it better, make it better. Well, and we keep growing. And Scott Stevens just played here a couple weeks ago, and he wanted to rent um, a lighting rig. So I called Wyatt, and I'm like, bro, we've been talking about this. What can we do? So what's up there right now is what he built out for oh, Scott's sick. show. And it's just lights up the room. Were you here for any of Load In? Did you pay? Did you do sound check? Sound check. Was it lit up pretty bright, or did you turn all that? You would. You, you would so. know. So when they load all the gear in, he's got these lights that he just pushes forward from up in the DJ thing, and it just like you can't. Yeah. Before it was really dark. We had the one light above. Right, and, right. But now it's just he just. Oh, he's, it's nice. Yeah, the attention to detail that kid has is great. Yeah. But tonight, just consume the room, take video. I'm this. excited. I'm actually selling merch tonight, Yay. which I've never done, so this will be fun. Yeah, we, we didn't have anybody to do merch, so I was like, Rachel, you're up. Yeah, yeah. well, get, welcome to the road. I'm, I'm psyched, actually. I've been so excited about it. Yeah, I think it'll fun. be fun. The, the the people that come here, the majority of them are uh, regulars, locals, per, per se, nice people, and uh, they they like to take home a piece of the night. They really do. There's a lot of artists here that just kill it on merch. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, so yeah. no pressure. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got it set up. I think I set it up <laughs> right. Fuck it up. We'll see if my boss cares. But <laughs> <laughs> Who is your boss? <laughs> I have no boss. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Say my name. <laughs> Dude, thank you again for the time. This has been fun. Tell people how to find you online. Of course, yeah, at Spencer Crandall on all the things. Spencer Crandall on Spotify. Just, yeah, just Google it. Whatever. <laughs> Do it. Have it your way. This has been fun, man. It was nice meeting you, too. Yeah, nice meeting you, too. Us. Appreciate you. Hell yeah. Thanks for showing me the